we came at last to a hillside covered with great trees which offered some protection from both the wind and the rain which had now arisen to the proportion of a hurricane as we came to a halt i slipped from the back of the warrior who had been carrying me and found myself beside one of the women who had taught orthus and me the language of the vagas why is everyone so terrified i asked her it is zoal she whispered fearfully he is angry who is zoal i asked she looked at me in wide-eyed astonishment who is zoal she repeated they told me that you said that you came from another world and i can well believe it when you ask who is zoal well who is he i insisted he is a great beast she whispered he is everywhere he lives in all the great holes in the ground and when he is angry he comes forth and makes the water fall and the air run away we know that there is no water up there and she pointed toward the sky but when zoal is angry he makes water fall from where there is no water so mighty is zoal and he makes the air to run away so that the trees fall before it as it rushes past and huts are knocked flat or carried high above the ground and then oh terror of terrors he makes a great noise before which mighty warriors fall upon the ground and cover up their ears we have angered zoal and he is punishing us and i do not dare to ask him not to send the big noise it was at that instant that there broke upon my ears the most terrific detonation that i have ever heard so terrific was it that i thought my eardrums had burst and simultaneously a great ball of fire seemed to come rolling down from the mountain heights above us the woman covering her ears shuddered and when she saw the ball of fire she voiced a piercing shriek the light that devours she cried when that comes too it is the end for then is zoal mad with rage the ground shook to the terrifying noise and though the ball of fire did not pass close to us still could i feel the heat of it even as it went by at a distance leaving a trail of blackened and smoking vegetation in its rear what flames there were the torrential rain extinguished almost immediately it must have travelled about ten miles down toward the sea across rolling hills and level valleys when suddenly it burst the explosion being followed by a report infinitely louder than that which i had first heard an earthquake could scarce have agitated the ground more terrifyingly than did this peal of lunar thunder i had witnessed my first lunar electrical storm and i did not wonder that the inhabitants of this strange world were terrified by it they attribute these storms as they do all their troubles to zoal a great beast which is supposed to dwell in the depth of the lunar craters the lower ends of which open into the interior lunar world as we cowered there among the trees i wondered if they were not afraid that the wind would blow the forest down and crush them and i asked the woman who stood beside me yes she said that often happens but more often does it happen that if one is caught in a clearing the air that runs away picks him up and carries him along to drop him from a great height upon the hard ground the trees bend before they break and those who watch are warned and they escape destruction if they are quick 
when the wind that runs seizes one there is no escape it seems to me i said that it would have been safer if gavago had led us into one of those sheltered ravines and i indicated a gorge in the hillside at our right no she said gavago is wise he led us to the safest spot we are sheltered from the air that runs away and perhaps a little from the light that devours nor can the waters that drown reach us here for presently they will fill that ravine full nor was she wrong rushing down from the hillside the water poured in torrents into the ravine and presently though it must have been twenty or thirty feet deep it was filled almost to overflowing whoever had sought refuge there would have been drowned and washed away to the big ocean far below it was evident that Cavago had not been actuated solely by blind terror, though I came to know that he must have felt terror, for these terrible electrical storms alone can engender it in the breasts of these fearless and ferocious people. The storm must have lasted for a considerable time. How long, of course, I do not know, but some idea of its duration may be gained by the fact that I became hungry and ate of the fruit of the trees which sheltered us at least six times and slept twice we were soaked to the skin and very cold for the rain evidently came from a great altitude during the entire storm the novans scarcely moved from their positions under the trees with their backs toward the storm where they stood with lowered heads like cattle we experienced twelve detonations of the ground-shaking thunder and witnessed six manifestations of the light that devours trees had fallen all about us and as far as we could see the grasses lay flat and matted upon the ground they told me that storms of the severity of this were infrequent though rain and wind accompanied by electrical manifestations might be expected at any season of the year i use that expression from habit for one can scarcely say that there are any well-marked seasonal changes within the moon that could indicate corresponding divisions of time as upon the earth from what i was able to gather from observation and from questioning of the vagas lunar vegetation reproduces itself entirely independent of any seasonal restrictions the frequency and temperature of the rains having seemingly the greatest influence in the matter a period of drought and cold rains retards growth and germination while frequent warm rains have an opposite effect the result being that you find vegetation of the same variety in all stages of development growing side by side blossoms upon one tree fruit upon another and the dry seed pods upon a third not even therefore by the growth of plant life might one measure time within the moon and the period of gestation among the vagas is similarly irregular being affected by the physical condition of the female as well as by climatic conditions i imagine when the tribe is well fed and the weather warm the warriors victorious and the minds of the women at peace they bring forth their young in an incredibly short period on the other hand a period of cold or of hunger or of long marches following defeat induces an opposite result it seems to me that the females nurse their young for a very short period of time for they grow rapidly and as soon as their molars are through and they can commence eating meat they are weaned they are devilish little rascals 
their youthful exuberance finding its outlet in acts of fiendish cruelty as they are not strong enough to inflict their tortures on adults they perpetrate them upon one another with the result that the weaker are often killed after they are weaned and have left the protection of their savage mothers of course they tried to play some of their fiendish tricks on orthus and myself but after we had knocked a few of them down they left us severely alone during the storm they huddled shivering and cold against the adults possibly i should be ashamed to say it but i felt no pity for them and rather prayed that they would all be chilled to death so hateful and wantonly cruel were they as they become adults they are less wanton in their atrocities though no less cruel their energies however being intelligently directed upon the two vital interests of their lives procuring flesh and women shortly after the rain ceased the wind began to abate and as i was cold cramped and uncomfortable i walked out into the open in search of exercise that would stimulate my circulation and warm me again as i walked briskly to and fro looking here and there at the evidences of the recent storm my glance chanced to rise toward the sky and there i saw what appeared at first to be a huge bird a few hundred feet above the forest in which we had sought shelter it was flapping its great wings weakly and seemed to be almost upon the verge of exhaustion and though i could see that it was attempting to fly back in the direction of the mountains the force of the wind was steadily carrying it in the direction of the lowlands and the sea presently it would be directly above me and as it drew nearer i knit my brows in puzzlement for except for its wings and what appeared to be a large hump upon its back its form bore a striking resemblance to that of a human being some of the novans evidently saw me looking upwards thus interestedly and prompted by curiosity joined me when they saw the creature flying weakly overhead they set up a great noise until presently all the tribe had run into the open and were looking up at the thing above us the wind was lessening rapidly but it still was strong enough to carry the creature gently toward us and at the same time i perceived that whatever it was it was falling slowly to the ground or more correctly sinking slowly what is it i asked of the warrior standing beside me it is a yuga he replied now shall we eat i had seen no birds in the lunar world and as i knew they would not eat the flying reptiles i guessed that this must be some species of bird life but as it dropped closer i became more and more convinced that it was a winged human being or at least a winged creature with human form as it fluttered toward the ground the novans ran along to meet it waiting for it to fall within reach as they did so gabago called to them to bring the creature to him alive and unharmed i was about a hundred yards from the spot when the poor thing finally fell into their clutches they dragged it to the ground roughly and a moment later i was horrified to see them tear its wings from it and the hump from its back there was a great deal of grumbling at gabago's orders as following the storm and the long fast the tribe was ravenously hungry flesh flesh they growled we are hungry give us flesh but gavago paid no attention to them standing to one side beneath a tree awaiting the prisoner that they were bringing toward him end of chapter five
Recording by Thomas Copeland.